Welcome back, everyone. We were super excited to have two absolutely amazing guests that we weren't, we didn't totally believe that they agreed to come on. So this is Queer Halftime. Uh, my name is Becca. I use she, they, and I am here with the very nervous Kelsey. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kelsey. I also use she, they pronouns, and I am a little bit starstruck because I am a big fan of local queer history. And yeah, woo. Awesome. Yeah. Do you two want to introduce your amazing selves? Go ahead, Michael. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Michael Fair. <laughs> Excuse me. Michael Fair. And, and um, um, I use uh, he and him um, uh, and his uh, as pronouns. Um, should I, uh, do you want me to tell you a little bit more about myself? Sure. Yeah. Whatever you want people to know. Yeah. As part of that. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, in, in terms of my background, um, uh, I was one of the people that started the AIDS Network of Edmonton um, and was the chair of the board for the first couple of years back in the, the, the 80s. And I've been involved with uh, helping organize pride parades um, probably 15 or 16 years over all that time it was going on, not always consecutive. Um, and then I was a member of city council here in Edmonton, elected in Ward 4, um, uh, which is, includes the downtown uh, as as part of the, the ward um, from uh, uh, 1992 to 2007. So I had five elections and I was lucky enough to win um, and be there for 15 years. Uh, and currently I'm uh, kind of coordinator with um, Edmonton Pride Senior Group, uh, specifically um, looking at uh, older gays and lesbians in Edmonton um, in relation to program services and housing. Kind of thing in that, so that's a bit of um, current thing, and of course, um, heavily involved with, with the uh, Edmonton Queer History Project, which we'll talk about a lot more later. But that's me. Michael is uh, is very humble in his uh, his his introductions. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know too many people have a, a park and a school named after him, so uh, <laughs> um, I and. I know, I know it takes a community and it takes leadership and we're, we're grateful to have uh, Michael in Edmonton for all these years, past, present and, and future. Um, I guess the most important thing to know about me is uh, I, I live and, uh, and went to school in St. Albert, still live here, um, love the community. And, um, you know, once upon a time when I was growing up, it was called Straight Albert <laughs> was the nickname because it was so heteronormative and um didn't have uh, much diversity. So it's nice to see that changing all the great work that uh, Out Loud and, and others are doing in the community makes a big difference. Looking forward to having some more in-person pride gatherings at Lions Park and whatnot. Uh, always a highlight for uh, to be able to bring my mom and the dogs out and, and to meet people and um, just what continues to make our, our community such a great place to live. So just very appreciative of all the work that you and, and others do. Um, uh, my day job is as a, a professor uh, at McEwen University. I started as a classroom teacher in St. Albert, and that's really what led me back to university was questions from my practice and questions from working directly with uh, LGBT youth um, in uh, the early 1990s. They found out I was a teacher, and the first thing they said is do something, do something to make schools safer for us. And and that's what really led me into this career was always trying to do something, doing something to make our schools better, to make our communities better, to help people you know, better understand the, you know, the lived realities of our, our diverse LGBTQ communities. So 
Um, we got uh, involved a, a number of years ago creating the Edmonton Queer History Project. Uh, back in 2015, we held our very first uh, exhibition at the Art Gallery of Alberta, which was designed to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Edmonton's Pride Festival. So that was a great partnership with uh, the Edmonton Pride Festival Society at the time. And um, you know, we asked people to open up their closets, both literally and figuratively, uh, uh, to uh, share their experiences, any memorabilia, items, stories that they might have about Edmonton's queer past. And we had a tremendous response and, and we interviewed many people and a, and a big part of it was not only celebrating, you know, the 35 years of pride and how far we've come and the progress that we've made, but also starting to document this history, what we often call an invisible or hidden history. You know, when I was growing up in schools in St. Albert, you know, queer history was never talked about. Queer identities were rendered very silent and invisible, and that sent a, a negative message to me growing up, right, that uh, I didn't really feel like I had a community I belonged to, um, uh, and when, you know, you don't feel a part of a community, it's hard to envision having a future, uh, you know, being happy, healthy, and feeling, you know, a part of something and, and successful, um, and the importance of having those queer role models to be able to look up to, and so uh, my experience was largely met with silence, and we want to, you know, break the silence, and so this latest version of our, our project really started to emerge out of uh, the pandemic, and, you um, we saw, you know, lots of, of people being laid off or uh, whether they were business owners or artists or or others. Um, and we wanted to, to be able to put them to work and, and get some money out to support people within uh, our community. Um, and so uh, we wanted to focus in on downtown in Edmonton. Uh, that's often where, you know, queer communities first start and become more visible and vibrant. And um, we came up with this idea of a, of a map and uh, wanting to uh, be able to give some walking tours that built off of, of what we had done earlier around um, supporting uh, queer history bus tours that Michael had led and Darren Hagen uh, as well uh, that were very popular. And so it was uh, taking those tours and, and that idea of the, the history that's all around us and we're sort of writing it down and and being able to have those maps all around the city for people to be able to pick up and say you know queer history is a part of our communities and um you know we want to be able to tell those stories and share that you know the triumphs the setbacks the the victories the celebrations the you know the good and the bad and and, and the ugly but really to um be able to uh, chart uh, a lot of the progress and give recognition to many of those people within our LGBTQ plus communities that fought for the rights and privileges that we enjoy today, often at great risk to themselves. And, and um, as part of that, we put together uh, a committee, which Michael uh, joined um, to help uh, guide the work. And, and we have some sort of students and researchers at McEwen. We have uh, artists and, and community members Who've, who've all come together to help make this history come alive to tell our our own stories in our in our own words um, as well because so much that's been written about the queer community over the years has been you know uh, written in a negative kind of way uh, through media reports or 
uh, you know, stories of police persecution and arrests. And, you know, that uh, that doesn't paint uh, the the full or appropriate picture of our community. So um, yeah. we, we wanted to leave a bit of a, a, a record and and also to address that that gap, that silence that, you know, many of us can grow up as queer people and, and not know anything about our own history. So um, still, unfortunately, not taught in schools. Uh, you know, that continues to be to be a problem. So the least we can do is is to make this publicly accessible. So that's a, just a, a quick rundown of, uh, of how we got here. Amazing. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about the way the media portrays it. We uh, did an episode on the Pisces last week and yeah, Michael's nodding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and some of the headlines that were uh, part of the archive there were just astonishing the way they were portraying it. Um, yeah, it felt like something that should have been much further back than the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and and Pisces was is one of the stops on our tours as well and oh. was very pivotal to the community and 40, you know, just over 40 years ago in 1981. And Michael was one of those arrested. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the, the the raid and really uh, I think um, you know listening to Michael's story and 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 he can certainly uh, you know elaborate on this but it was uh, you know one of those instances that catapulted him you know to be visible to be public to start to engage and help organize in the community um, that forever has changed our community because it's one of the first times that the LGBTQ plus community uh, fought back against police uh, and government uh, oppression. Mm -hmm. And um, we believe, interesting fun fact, that the Pisces uh, spa raid was the largest mass arrest in Alberta's history. Uh, wow, of, of really? Over 60 plus people, right? And that doesn't get talked about. Um, it was a, an ongoing undercover operation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there were lots of, uh, of legal and human rights abuses that happened at the time uh, as well. Um, but, you know, the important story is, is how it really galvanized the community together um, to know that they had to count on each other uh, at a time when, you know, it was very dangerous to be different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, Michael, what was that like to go from being one of the foundings to being Alberta's first you know, gay politician. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a bit of a journey, um, I, I will say, kind of, and that, um, um, because uh, uh, as was mentioned, that was 1981 when the raid took place. I, I think the, the other that I would say was uh, significant um, is what grew out of that was uh, somewhat of a uh, beginning, a, a broader sense of community. Uh, of uh, the gay lesbian community, etc. Uh, but then shortly after was was um, uh, the advent of HIV/AIDS, um, uh, which was a terrible time, um, and and uh, uh, you know everybody died within two years, um, and they were mostly the same age as many of us at the time who were were involved in that. They were you know usually most of the people were from early twenties to mid thirties in age, men. Um, primarily women later on, but at the early days, it was all men. Um, and I, I think coming out of uh, one of the things that did occur um, that, that I think was, was on the positive side um, is a, a, a couple of us 
uh, I was heavily involved right from the beginning. I mean, a couple of us got a little bit of, of um, training from a person that we knew on, in terms of dealing with the media. And so um, uh, HIV AIDS was one of the biggest news items for a couple of years all the time. Uh, and what occurred very quickly is that anytime there was any kind of uh, story about AIDS, we got called and asked to comment on it, no matter where it was taking place. It was in the media, you know, they would call us. And and we learned to, um, first of all, that, that, that you had to respond immediately and you had to, you know, be able to present uh, well. Um, but what came from that is we, we, we uh, quite quickly, um, it was clear that the media in dealing with us was quite positive uh, about what we were doing and about how this was, uh, people were dying, et cetera. Um, and that was going out you know, into the general public um, as such. It wasn't, it was a, a terrible time. It was most difficult, um, but also what people were hearing is people like myself and many others were, were um, uh, doing things to educate um, folks um, we were also caring for people who had AIDS. Uh, we were uh, part of funerals, um, things that, that are very much part of people's day-to-day -day life. If someone isn't doing well, needs help, you help them, et cetera, in that. And, and I think that was um, um, that, that media that, 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 that um, developed that was positive and almost all of the people that were in, in working in the media and that were dealing with us became very supportive and very positive. So, so I think that that's one of the other things that, that has helped some of the change that then took place and certainly made a difference in my own life and, and um, uh, the, the kind of role that, that I was playing. Um, and I was involved then with some other things that, that pertain to the city as a result, kind of in that as well. Um, and so then I decided after some years and some thinking um, and doubts, I decided to run for city council and I was elected in, in 92, kind of thing in that. Um, it's an interesting time, it's but, but uh, um, you know, as far as, well, I was the, certainly the first openly gay person elected. There were certainly some others in the past, probably, we think, kind of thing in that. Um, and so, and I was sometimes labeled as the gay candidate, kind of thing in that. Like, okay, what's next? <laughs> kind of thing in that. <laughs> that's, yeah. So that's that's a little bit just how the, the, that's amazing. the journey. <laughs> like, what a journey. Yeah, like, yeah. what a journey from, like, I am just, like, it's amazing, really, <laughs> to go from where you started to there and then to here where you have, like, like now this project is bringing so much attention to this community and to all of the things mm. that have kind of gone on. And like, I'm so curious. I want to know like, what's yeah. both of your favorite places on the map? Like, do you have a place that's like your absolute yes. favorite? <laughs> oh man. That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, it's always hard to to say that. Um, one of the the items that is on the map is is where where um, uh, at the time it was AIDS Network of Edmonton, where it was first located, which is downtown. The building no longer exists, um, and and probably because that was the early days and the early work um, became extremely meaningful for me. 
Um, and and uh, you know, we we were lucky to to get the space to begin with. Um, you know, we 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 didn't have much in terms of financing or, or staff, and that, but we had some. Um, and I used to go there almost every morning before I went to work. I was, I mean, I had a full-time job and I would go there to drop off letters or things that needed to be done. And then I'd come back in the evening and pick up stuff and sign stuff and then whatever else came in that needed to be done. Um, and then we had meetings there and um, a lot of things. So, so mm -hmm. um, that probably is the most meaningful uh, place for me in the long run. When I think back, there were other places that, that were I was were were important, but had a different kind of meaning for them. I mean, um, if we talked about flashback, which was great fun, I love going there at the bar and that too, and then that. But but um, that 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 uh, that was um, really the first office. The first office. I mean, what we did before that was all run out of my house. I had a um, Xerox machine we brought in here, and I had a person actually had two people working part-time here and using, it was my phone that was the emergency for the hotline kind of thing that so that but but then we that all oh, that is so became, cool so that was awesome. we we literally say a lot of edmonton's queer history started started around michael's kitchen table it was so uh, you know influential in bringing people together to create the you know the aids network of edmonton Edmonton Vocal uh, Minority Chorus, as well, the um, you know Privacy Defense uh, Committee that supported those who were arrested in the, in the Pisces raid, and so um, we tell Michael he's not never allowed to sell anything in his place because we're taking yeah. it all straight into a museum, uh, because uh, you know those those pieces of uh, artifacts. Uh, baseball bats and gloves from the first uh you know gay and lesbian softball games that were were played in the community often against the police service over the years as opportunities to build uh, bridges and relationships so um so uh it, you know it, it's important that we have these objects to be able to tell the stories uh behind them and 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 to be able to engender this this kind of conversation so um you know we're encouraging people who maybe have memorabilia from the past to get in contact with us and, and share that so that um you know we can preserve this important part of our history and and then share it uh, publicly to be able to tell these, these kinds of stories, um, you know, doing this project, many of us who've been doing this work for a long time, we were even surprised by some of the stories and the history that we uncovered. Uh, one that uh, sticks out to me in particular was the story of, um, of Walbridge and Emery, the first, um, uh, first all-female architectural firm in the history of Alberta. And uh, not only were they partners in business, they were partners in life. And they often got the jobs that the male architects thought were um, beneath them. So, you know, a lot of residential apartment buildings and, and things like that. They rarely got the commercial jobs. Uh, um, and, you know, they went on to uh, leave a, an incredible imprint uh, in uh, our city. And they were also very much devoted to preserving the natural environment and, and left uh, their estate uh, as a nature preserve to be protected, to, to give that gift back 
back to our community. But, you know, it's a, just a remarkable story of, of two people who found each other and fell in love and built a life together in Edmonton that we don't hear about. And, you know, we often talk about a lot about a lesbian invisibility or, you know, many of the stories in our community of being white, gay, cisgender males. And um, it's important to know that there are many stories and, and many different identities that contributed to this wonderful community that we, we know today. So, you know, that was just a particularly poignant and, and beautiful uh, story um, when we're, we're walking around and we're looking at these apartment buildings, you know, from the, the 1950s and 60s in Edmonton, chances are, right, they were, they were created by a queer couple. That's oh my gosh. And to think that like <laughs> some of us have lived in those apartment buildings, like with our partners, like I'm sure my girlfriend's <laughs> lived in one of those apartment buildings. If, if wow. these walls could talk, right? Uh, uh, yeah. And that's what we say is, you know, part of this project is, is we believe queer history is everywhere. Mm -hmm. You just need to know where to look to be able to, to find it. And, you know, it's important, you know, for us to mention too, that uh, while we started downtown with this queer history project, um, you know, queer history happens in the suburbs. It happens in St. Albert um, and uh, it, it happens uh, everywhere. And, and just because you haven't always been able to see us, throughout time in history or hear us doesn't mean we weren't there. Right. And, you know, um, a big part of that is tied to safety and inclusion, uh, which we're all striving to bring about, right. For people to be able to live their authentic selves without fear, without prejudice, and to be able to make uh, those contributions to our society, to bring their gifts and their talents um, forward, uh, you know, to enrich all of us and, and, to Michael's earlier conversation about, you know, the devastation of the HIV and AIDS uh, uh, pandemic, um, you know, that robbed us of a lot of, of those gifts and contributions. And also we lost a generation of, of knowledge holders. And because so much of this history was never, you know, written down um, or in the official textbooks, um, uh, very much like, you know, some uh, Indigenous communities where a lot of that history is oral. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we want to get these stories from our elders and and the work that Michael is now doing today with uh, the Pride Seniors Group, um, you know, is really important and, and bridging those generations together. And if you're not sharing history and having an understanding of that history, it's very hard to bridge those generations because you know you necessarily don't relate oh yeah um or you don't you don't feel connected or a part of something so very much this is about hopefully through the telling of this kind of history we can also strengthen our communities at the same time oh absolutely i mean i absolutely love history i minored in it i grew up surrounded by history um but so much of what i know is um, you know, at least when it comes to queer history is, you know, American, right? I feel like if you ever do learn queer history, it's from the US. So being able to kind of look inward at the place where I grew up and where I live um, has exactly like you said, made me feel so much more connected. Like growing up, I never heard of even bathhouses in general, let alone that we had some here or that they were raided um, or, you know, the bars and the AIDS network and all these things, like it's been really wonderful to open my eyes, right? And it connects you to the legacy of, yeah, kind of our elders and the people who came before us and did all this amazing work so that, you know, Kelsey and I can date the people we want. And, and do the work now, you know, like. 
So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, yes, I think they, what I would, would add is that um, the, the project and, and what we have done uh, with, with the, uh, the the history of, of downtown and the walks, it's also, of course, that we have the, the online so that, that people go in. And, and the online, um, I must say, it, it, a lot of work to make sure that it was historically, you know, fairly accurate, uh, referenced where information was coming from and the rest so that it, it I, I think it stands the test of time of being a real, uh, a real testament to, to uh, what people had to say and how they, uh, what they lived. And I think that's one of the values. In addition, it includes um, uh, articles that were in, in news, mm -hmm letters and or newspapers that of the time to back up photos um uh pictures sometimes tell a thousand you know as they say where it's kind of thing that and uh podcasts as well and so i think that um um part of the richness of this this project is it has it and it's very well done um i i must say that that one of the things i think we all worked on is is to we wanted to make sure it was a, a good quality and accurate and and um met the criteria kind of of being um a kind of a really well done historical record not that there isn't more to add and certainly other people will see some things differently and that's fine but but here's a great place to to look that you can kind of know where the information was coming from and you can go back to find out about some of that mm. information further. So so I think that's one of the things that that's significant over mm. not, not only currently but over the long run. Um, and I, I know that people who have looked at some of the online are just fascinated with the photos, some of the pictures that are there. It's like, oh my God, remember some of that, you know, kind of thing in that. Um, or you can't, I, you know, people would say, oh, they didn't do that. They, oh, yes, we yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, we did dress like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that's um, another, I, I, I think that's an aspect that's uh, um, quite attractive. And I think for, particularly for, for anyone uh, in the general public, but I think for people who are part of the community, looking at some of that more in depth is, is really um, helps all of us to understand kind of who and where we come from and, and mm -hmm. where we've been and, and going. Um, and that, so uh, it's, it's a, I, I think I can't emphasize enough the, the good Yeah, I love seeing the primary sources on there. I was just fascinated. I was scrolling through this morning a little bit just to kind of touch up and yeah, it was yeah. wonderful to see. As we yeah. would say today, uh, for for all the the young people out there on social media, was we wanted to show our receipts <laughs> of, uh, of where we where we got uh, our information from, and and part of that is also building the yeah. historical record. So the next generation yes. of archivists and researchers or or students can build upon um, you know that 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 knowledge base that's been established. They don't have to go through all that hard work of finding you know, the documents, that was a big part of this work was challenge was finding these primary source materials and combing through yeah. newspaper archives and interviewing people about their experiences and memories, finding the old, uh, you know, flyers from dances and ticket stubs. And, and uh, we had a great team, Darren Hagen was part of our team who hosts our podcast and Michelle uh, Lavoie, Dr. Um, Michelle, uh, she helped with a lot of the the images and the writing, and we had uh, a student, Jap Karan, um, working with us, and um, 
Kyler, who is in, uh, you know, originally from Alberta and, and doing graduate studies, and, and he was really interested in helping and, and people like Rob Barotsky, who mm -hmm. is the co owner of evolution and when evolution closed, you know, Rob had a, a writing background and has written many you know, novels in the past and, and, um, you know, he was available and wanted to work because, you know, he's building today's yeah. history through, uh, uh, yeah. through the work at Evolution and creating those important queer safe spaces mm -hmm. for, for so many. So, um, you know, it was really exciting to bring that diverse team together to, we all looked at the write-ups, we all read them, and, and it was very much an ir uh, um, iterative process where we would build on the comments and, and then we double check our sources and, and, and the fact that everybody has different knowledges to bring towards uh, the project. So that was really sort of exciting and, and dynamic for us to, to be able to do that. It took a lot of time, took a lot of labor, a lot of, we often wrote through, through tears and through anger and outrage at the same time. Um, but what we wanted to do and at the end was to provide a, a fair, you know, detailed representation and, and use it as a starting point. History's, um, um, you know, always subject to interpretation. Mm -hmm. And um, we want people to, um, you know, if we got it wrong, yeah. um, uh, to tell us, right, and and to bring forward those sources and that information. We, we didn't, we yeah. wanted it to be more than just opinion. I think that was the big yeah. thing. And just one person's yeah. opinion, yeah. one person's yeah. sort of story. So it was really important that we had a team that was working on this. Yeah. So, so I, I'll just, um, uh, should I, I because I don't think yeah, Chris has seen this yet either. I, I found this the other day. Um, uh, this is the kind of thing you know we did. This was for the sixth annual gala New Year's Eve dinner and dance at the Hilton, which of course that hotel has changed since then. The cost and where you could get the get the uh, the tickets from. And the gala was Gay and Lesbians um, Association in Edmonton, um, and this this was probably or it's like everything it didn't have a date on it. And the sixth one, I my guess is was about 1992 or something like that. I'm not positive uh, after the history, and I can tell you that I suspect um, that this, of course, was Xerox and passed around, and I'm almost sure it was done in some provincial government office kind of thing in that that's how this got created and kind of thing in that and so it's this kind of thing that, that you know helps to to recognize that mm -hmm. these kinds of things happen and they existed i i went to quite a, many most of the years i was probably at that so cool. Eve event as far as that's concerned uh kind of thing happened. that that yeah i just found this the other day when some of the junk uh, sounds like it would have been so much fun <laughs> It's just so impactful yeah, for yeah, our yeah. youth to know because yeah. we here at group and when we're talking to our kiddos all the time, like, oh, well, like we're like people think that gays yeah. have never been here or like I'm the first in my community or, you know, all the gays in St. Albert and surrounding area <laughs> hang out it out loud. And it's like, that's not the case, right? Like this was going on long before a lot of them were born. So, <laughs> oh. Yeah, yes. It really helps Absolutely. you to feel like you're not the only one, right? Yeah. When you have a history, you yeah. have a community, yeah. you have those yeah. those connections, and there's there's power, right? Yeah. As we all know, there's power in in right. community, and you know the power of the closet is to prevent you from yeah. hearing the words that you're loved, mm -hmm. and you know that's why it's it's so so important. Yeah, and I think it's also um, there were any number of, of uh, people that I was aware of back in those days, they came from, and lived yeah. in St. Albert. 
and that and Sherwood Park, et cetera, and that too. You know, this notion that somehow it was uh, in the city. Well, yeah, a lot of the activity did, but people lived all over the place, you know, kind of thing. That and they did things locally in their communities at times as well, um, and that too. So that I think that's the other other part of it is is that. Um, it, and that perhaps is something we haven't done as much work as to identify where people came or lived in that as well. Because there were, yeah, I could, Devon, oh my goodness, and, and Leduc, and, um, and quite a few in St. Albert that I knew. And I was there a number of times in some people's homes up there that lived in apartments or homes or whatever. And, and, and um, uh, Sherwood Park might as well have been a, in Edmonton. I mean, there were tons of, folks who were gay and lesbian mm -hmm. living out in Sherwood Park. Yeah, and I feel like having this shared history and knowing it really grounds you as well, right? Um, yeah, was there yeah. like anything that kind of incited the start of this project? Like what kind of was inspired it? Well, um, a, a part of uh, particularly the, the, the map um, that we've introduced and the stuff that goes with it, and, and some of it is to carry down from, from some work that um, particularly, Chris, I was a little involved, but Chris primarily and some others that started. But th there was a small group of us that got together uh, almost three years ago now at this time, in fact, um, to look at doing a project that we wanted to do um, in front of the legislature on the grounds, um, probably in, in June or July. Uh, and then um in in talking about what we wish to do then the pandemic hit and it was like there isn't going to be anything outdoors kind of thing. there's no way and so so i i will take a little credit for pushing that that at the same time um i was given uh, actually by a, a um an elected member in the legislature from calgary gave me uh, this cool. which is a queer map from calgary oh my god they'd done um, and I looked at it, and and, and, and you know, and, and I liked it, that, but I was like, oh, we could do better than that. I mean, it's really, you know, it, it's really not that great next to ours. It's fine. You got I need to be careful. But but I brought that up and said, you know, um, how about we do something like that? Um, and, and actually, our intention was that we would do something like this and have it ready for when we did the the, the, uh, the uh, what we were going to do on the square so we could also give this out and talk a little bit about it um and when it was clear or the legislation when it's clear that nothing like that could happen then mm -hmm. then we our attention really turned to the map uh, mm -hmm. that what you see today that um, um because that you could do yeah. and you, you didn't need the public space for that kind of thing and that do that so so that's part of what pushed it and, and then um, got Chris involved and a whole slew of other folks specifically uh, looking at, at um, um, the history and how we do that. And as, as Chris said, there was a previous work done um, um, five or six years, I don't know, four or five years before kind of thing in that, that, that also had some stuff. The paper map, no, we had not done before. This is the first time we did that. I, I was... I plagued people about we wanted to have a paper one too, and so mm -hmm. you can actually walk and and look at yeah. it and that as well, uh, as well as the online. I mean, I well appreciate that that this, the mm -hmm. online offers the opportunity for the the depth that you want and the, the, 
nuclear history. In the map. You, I mean, you can't put that on a map. A map true. with a lot of references yeah. no one would look yeah. at. Well, Kelsey is a big <laughs> scrapbooker, uh, so I'm true. sure they appreciate the paper map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that you could actually, any individual could mm -hmm. take the map and go walk in and see, you know, where the, where the, the places were. Um, the kind of thing that um, we we have, you know, in the past we've done some tours, and we, we will do some tours again now using the map. Um, uh, and, and when weather is a little better these last couple of days, but when the weather really gets better, we'll do a little of that. So um, literally, what we did is is when we we sort of started to envision the project, we looked across Canada to see what else was being you know done and and could inspire us and. You know, build on on the best practices. There's some walking tours in in different kind of places, and we had done the queer history bus tour in in the past. So we just wanted to sort of pull it all together and and to make it, you know, um, multimedia because we understand some people like to read, some people are visual, some people are you know auditory. So you know, we have we had the map. We also wanted the map to be a piece of art itself. Um, and the map now is part of Edmonton's queer history, right? When it's funny how when you're researching it and you're creating these these artifacts at the same time for wow. future generations, and and um, it's also important. Wow. Um, there's there's the map. Yeah, um, it is. It looks really nice. You, you did uh, yeah. a good job. We we, we can give a lot of credit to the artist Jason Blower, um, who's who's done oh, many. Uh, Take that, Calgary. Uh, Michael, you're gonna get us in. Better. You're gonna get us in trouble <laughs> with the yeah. Calgary folks. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, um, you can you can keep going. Uh, we we use it right. It's all it's mm. all to inspire. It's it's so important yeah. that you know Calgary. The folks there have been doing a lot of work for a long time on uncovering their queer history and presenting it in different ways and in a book and 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 on, online as well. So um, you know the more the more queer history that's shared, the better. But for me, it was sort of a funny story too. Is you know, I, I travel quite a bit, and uh, you know, I'd go into Calgary, and often in June, I'd see. Um, you know, all kinds of rainbows and representation mm. of our community at the Calgary airport. Then I'd come home to Edmonton and I would see, you know, nothing. And so just before the pandemic, I actually um, was in contact with the head of the Edmonton International <laughs> Airport Authority and just said, look, you know, it's bad enough Calgary's stealing all of our flights and now they've got our rainbows yeah. too. Like we, you know, we need to do a better job because when you mm. land in the airport, right, that's often visitors, tourists' first impression of your city. Totally. And the fact that we weren't included was a problem, right? We weren't accurately representing yeah. the diverse community. So I'm really proud today that, um, you know, the airport is carrying our maps now. So That's when people amazing. land in the airport and they go to the tourism displays, our map will be there. Um, that is so uh, cool. Those, wow. All those small little things that, you know, bring about mm. change over, over time. It, it interrupts the heteronormativity, as we like to say, and says, we're here. We're part of this community. We're proud to be this community. We contribute to this community. And um, we want you to be able to, to find us and to celebrate, uh, you know, with us. So, you know, the other fun piece we have on the website um, that we hadn't planned, but we were just able to move forward as we were gaining, you know, such great momentum with this project was the history of Edmonton's pride festivals. So going back to 1980 to all the way up to 2021. So you can go on a timeline year by year and read and learn a little bit about what were the activities. When did uh, the first Edmonton 
Pride Parade actually happened? Where, where was it? You can learn about that Pride was something that was uh, challenged over many years, was not supported by Edmonton City Councils or the mayors. So it was a particularly fun moment when we were able to launch the project uh, now uh, just over a week or so ago on a cold uh, Tuesday morning. <laughs> Um, uh, to have our current mayor and several of our former mayors there, uh, Jan Reimer, Don Iveson, Amarjeet Sohi, many city, form, current and past city councillors who, you know, lived some of this history and stood beside the community for the first time and, you know, really helped to change that relationship and, and see our community as a official and valued part of the city of Edmonton. So it's really important to, you know, as we're struggling with pride right now in our present yeah. time around, you know, representation and inclusiveness and, 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 um, you know, issues, important issues, um, uh, pride has actually always been uh, a struggle and a con uh, and contested for all kinds of different reasons over the years. There have been groups that have come and gone. Pride has been organized in different kinds of ways. As, as Michael said, uh, you know, one of the very original Pride celebrations, the Pride Weekend, was, you know, some of these key community groups coming together and, and uh, sharing resources mm -hmm. and putting on different uh, events. Pride happens because we as a community make it happen mm -hmm. because, you know, it's really important not only for our own community, but, you know, to send a message to the larger community yeah. to, to be able to invite people in to learn about our community, to better understand our community, mm -hmm. to, to, you know, become allies um, with our community because that's how social change happens. Social change happens when we are, you know, are working with allies. Um, we can't, you know, no matter how hard we try, we can't make that change on our own as a community because we don't we don't have access to the power and and right and and uh, the the tools that drive um, legislative change. So it's it's got to be a, a mix of both, the coming together of of both. And we see that in a lot of the early gay bars in in uh, Edmonton's history too. There was there was strife and challenge over um, sometimes, you know, females not being allowed in men's nights and, and women's space started to form to provide a dedicated venue for, you know, women who love women and however they identified to um, um, be represented, to find safety, but, you know, to also celebrate, to dance, right? And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's a really important history uh, and you know, women's space provided community newsletters and those were important for us to access to get some of this history as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can pick up uh, the paper copies at Edmonton Public Libraries, I know. I think Janice Irwin has them. Is there anywhere else? Yeah, all over uh, the Art Gallery of Alberta, as an example, um, Audrey's Books, um, which is a stop on the map to talk about the importance that bookstores have played. Being able to nice. find yourself in literature was a huge lifeline for so many. Um, but uh, places like the Citadel, which is also on the, uh, a stop on the map about, you know, the uh, importance of our community and and throughout the, the arts. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Glass Bookshop, uh, Quilt, uh, and, the, and the Downtown Edmonton Community League. Wow. Quilt awesome. Bag, you know, well. uh, from our community, when you want your rainbows, that's mm -hmm. uh, the place to go. Uh, I see the flag in the background uh, uh, there, uh, the flag yeah. shop actually in Edmonton. They carry the maps and they're a great supporter of uh, wow. our community as well. So not just queer businesses, but yeah. many, you know, 
so-called straight businesses, allied yeah. businesses are carrying the map. And, and if people want maps, um, you know, uh, we'd be happy to uh, get them out um, to places. We've got lots. Perfect. Of- I think yeah. Out Loud should definitely have have some. We'll get you a stack for sure. Uh, um, and when you run out, just let us know. Uh, we'll get you more. The maps are free. And, and part of our goal is... You know, no point about creating a map if if it's not out there and widely available. So um, whoever wants them, we'll we'll figure out a way to get them to you. Oh, amazing! But it's just so wonderful. Uh, and yeah, I know Michael's gonna have to go here in a little bit. So, is there anything kind of else that you wanted to add about the project that you didn't get a chance to? Or um, I, I I think the the only other things I would add is, is that. Um, uh, I think those of us working on it actually learned a, a great deal as well and found it um, uh, both interesting and challenging. Uh, and since it's kind of out there now, I, I think it's been uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, fun. Um, I would mention, for example, that that I was out at a junior high school actually last week, Friday, um, a week ago, uh, that has a name that, that I recognize. <laughs> Um, and it is a junior high um, to give them a couple of maps and and they have a, a GSA um, group in the school as well um, and the the, uh, the the teacher that's specifically involved uh, said that she hoped that maybe they'd come on a tour as well kind of thing bring the kids in that too so so it's interesting how things start to then other things start to kind of happen and move along um, and, and and you know those are things you just kind of hope, but you never know what, where it will be picked up and how it will be looked at kind of thing in that too. So, so that, that certainly is um, uh, probably the thing. Uh, um, and, and it is, it was really, I have really had a wonderful time. It, it, that's the first time I've been in the school this year mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Um, and as of March 1st, they're all back in and that. And so it's the first time I had a chance to be um, out at the school as well and had a great time kind of thing that was really great to be out there for even though it was a short time but we'll do some other things anyway so so that would be the other point is is that uh, um, there's a lot of things that, that I think we learned and I think that it will be used in and by and for different kinds of events uh, that we will have no idea yeah <laughs> they'll just happen absolutely <laughs> yeah I would yeah. um you know, I, I would encourage people to go to the website um, um, and yeah. explore the website. And we, we want people's feedback. Uh, you know, if you think we, we missed a story, uh, uh, please let us know because, you know, we see um, the opportunity in the future to continue to expand the project and maybe create maps of other neighborhoods or, or other innovative different ways to be able to, to make this history come alive. We're we're uh, building our own sort of queer uh, places inventory in Edmonton of uh, locations, you know, um, from from the past that uh, are are historically important. Um, so we we probably have a lifetime of work ahead of us uh, still uh, uh, because there is so much history. We 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 do mm-hmm. have a very rich and diverse community. Um, I encourage people to to listen to our new podcast as well. It's called From Here to Queer. It's hosted by Darren Hagen. And uh, the very first episode, uh, of course, um, because so much history has happened around Michael's Kitchen Table is with Michael. And I think you'll learn uh, something new and interesting about Michael's own story and evolution in our community by listening to that. And we're planning throughout the year to drop more podcast uh, episodes, some um, some that we know will surprise people. Uh, 
um, of di some different uh, voices. So that's uh, a stay tuned and, and stay connected with us on social media. You can contact us through the website if you you know, happen to have something hiding in your, your closet or your basement that you think is of uh, historical interest or value, or you have a story to share. We, we're encouraging people on our, on our social media. We're sharing, um, you know, little tidbits of information about the different locations. And, and it is nice because people are adding their own, their own stories to our social media on, on Instagram or um, Twitter or Facebook as well. So um, we want to be connected out there and um, we want to hear people's uh, ideas. Perfect. And we will uh, link the website in our episode description. So it's nice and easy to find. Easy. Um, Edmonton Queer History Project, uh, .ca. So easy to remember. There you go. And now we'll have a new podcast to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And since you mentioned the Citadel, I'm going to hop into our little Queer Joy segment because that is mine. Um, I actually got to go to the Citadel for the first time in a very long time to see a show that was supposed to happen two years ago. Um, and it was called Peter Pan Goes Wrong. And it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it was really, really good. They're very talented, very creative how it was put together. So yeah, just getting to be, to go out to the theater felt so special. Well, good job, Becca. Congratulations for getting to leave your house. <laughs> I know that's a big deal. Right? <laughs> um, I am just gonna spend my entire day kind of like starstruck. So I'm my joy is this, to be honest with you. I am so grateful. I didn't even grow up in Edmonton. So like my passion for Edmonton queer history is kind of, interesting because I've only been here for like six years but I just you you both have paved the way for us to do the work we do and I am so so grateful that you've done that right like it's so impactful to think that kiddos from our community and kiddos that access our space can now do history projects on queer history and go to a website and have the whole timeline there and I look back at the history projects I did growing up and like, I never had access to that kind of information, right? And our kiddos, like we are, we're helping the next generation of queer historians. And we are just, I'm so grateful to both of you for all of the work that you've done. And you've really paved the way for us at Out Loud to make this a safe space for our community. Because um, we couldn't have started in St. Albert had you not started in Edmonton, right? So, whew. I'm starstruck. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I remember being 15 and, and sitting in high school in St. Albert in the, in the 1980s. Yeah. And, and, you know, the narrative around us that was at the peak of uh, the HIV AIDS hysteria was, you know, if you were going to be gay, uh, you were going to get AIDS and be dead by the time you were 30. Yeah. That was the message mm. and the narrative I had. And uh, so, you know, like, what future do you have? Right. Why do you care about, you know, yourself, your health, your wellness, you know, your education? Um, and uh, it was hard. Those were really hard, isolating, yeah. dangerous times because there were no role models. There was no history. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of fear at the time. And school was something you survived. It was not a place as a queer person where you could thrive. Yeah. So, you know, that's been you know, a huge sort of change to like having a GSA was un, 
you know, not even possible. It was unimaginable, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It was just beyond a comprehension, um, you know, for that or to have an out teacher, um, you know, it was just, it would have made a huge difference in my life. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to, to pave it forward and to make sure all the things that we didn't have are now there okay. and accessible for, um, you know, the queer youth of today. Um, that's why we, that's why we fight so hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why um, we're not going to accept, accept, accept second best as, as good enough, right? That mm -hmm. these young people deserve the same rights and the same opportunities. We're not asking for special rights. We're asking for, you know, equal rights and equal opportunity. Um, and for me, right, maybe I'm biased because I, you know, am a teacher, but it all starts with education. It starts with, right, what we're teaching in the classroom. And, and today, right, we're still a long way away from having, you know, queer curriculum and queer content in our classroom. And, if I could wave my magic wand and do one thing, that's what it would be. Totally. Would be to make mm -hmm. that LGBTQ issues were part of the curriculum yeah. because that's that's how important it is, right? Amazing. So, so my my moment of queer joy is 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 always wonderful conversations like this. I I'm glad and and the work that you're doing in St. Albert is so personally important to me uh, as well. Um, and, you know, uh, we've got uh, our, uh, our pride hockey game coming up on Saturday with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so that's really, uh, you know, exciting though, that that all contributes to history. Yeah. It's small moments over time that start to bring visibility, working with these important organizations um, to show, right, queer people exist in hockey. Yep. We play mm -hmm. hockey. Um, we play sports, maybe not that well all the time, but uh, <laughs> Um, uh, right. But there is that that that's important to know that our community is diverse and that we really, truly are everywhere. And um, it's just important that we continue to educate and, and lead the way in, in areas that still are not safe. And unfortunately, you know, so there's still a lot of work to do in, in sports to make it uh, inclusive. So um, the work continues. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Wow. Yes, and I uh, mentioned that that you know for me it was being mm. to school last week was really it fun, wonderful uh, kind of thing that and uh, um, fun with, uh, as always with the uh, young people and and you know, chatting a bit et cetera and and uh, kind of getting back into that groove a little <laughs> bit um, and also to see the excitement on their part. I mean, it was clear that that many of them are happy to be back again mm -hmm. with their friends and you know, like as one would expect and and a. Uh, 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 a school so um yeah th that would be and and um um I, I i too believe that education is extremely important and i was going to say if i i could put on my tiara and my wand but i'm not sure i could make it happen so <laughs> it'll be for, for that and which all speaks to the fact that there's a lot more work to be done and there's plenty of plenty of challenges ahead for folks totally. to do that uh, which is just fine that's part of life absolutely so, Oh. That's me. Wow. Well, thank you wow. so much, you two, for joining us. And thank you so, so much for the work you're doing. And yeah. if you ever want to come back and talk more about your work, we would love to hear it. Um, I have, you were actually two people when we were starting this podcast, I was making a list of guests I eventually wanted to have, and you're both on it. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, and thank sure. you. Anytime. Thank yeah, you. thank you everyone for joining us. Be kind to yourself and others, and we will see you next week. All right. Cheers. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone.